This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, welcome to Unlocking Astrology with the Unlocker, the Key Master, Mr. Samuel Reynolds. Hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back, Karen. Thanks for, yeah, and I'm going quickly because I'm like, how much time do we have? All right. So before I hit record, you said uh, you, so there's another shooting in in Minnesota, Minneapolis, not too far from where George Floyd, I think it's Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Brooklyn Center. Brooklyn. Okay. And um, you said, let me look at the chart of of Minneapolis. What? Can you look at the chart of a city or a town? So, yeah. So one of the things, you know, it depends on the city, not every city will have a clear founding date. So some measure of this is going to depend on the size of the city. And then it also depends on a couple different charts. You know, there may be multiple charts you can use. So for example, especially if it's well-established city, New Orleans has a couple different charts we can reference. New York City has a couple different charts we can reference. Although I think the main one is from January 1st, 1898 or 1899, when it was incorporated as the five boroughs. But Minneapolis came up because there's a, there's a data bank you can use. It's, all, it's called astrodatabank.com. And I went there and I looked up like, well, what's going on in Minneapolis? So there's a chart for Minneapolis. We don't have a time and I could show you all the chart, um, yeah, but I need- yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, Sam. I apologize. That's all right. Uh, boom, get it. All right. all right, here we go. So I put this up on my Twitters. And just for everybody who's watching this, if you go to my Twitter, SF Reynolds, um, I do want to let you know that Ramadan, inshallah, starts tomorrow. So I'm deactivating my oh, account. At the time, so just people know, we are filming, taping this April 12th. Right. So you're not going to probably see this until Sunday, because that's when I post our, our discussions. But this is being filmed April 12th. On this day, the day before, a 20-year-old man was killed in Minneapolis. This right. is day 11 of the Derek Chauvin trial as well. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so I just want to let people know if they go looking for it, and it's like, oh, I can't find this dude's Twitter. So there's a chart from Minneapolis, and we have a date. We don't have a time. So it's from March 3rd, 1855, as one of the founding dates for Minneapolis. So I was like, what is the city going through? Because they've had a year of turmoil, right? And again, when I say it like that, that's not with any kind of like, well, what's, you know, I'm sympathetic, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, probably a city that maybe needs turmoil. We might need more American cities, you know, dealing with a certain turmoil, especially related to the police. But <clears throat> what's happening astrologically is something that I think is kind of phenomenal. And I'll briefly explain, because I know some of you are looking at this, if not many of you are looking at this and like, what the hell am I looking at? Um, you're looking at a hypothetical chart, meaning that we don't have a birth time. So we're just putting Aries as the starting point for the chart. And you might say like, is it a Pisces city? It is a Pisces city, right? Because it was founded during Pisces, wow. right? So, which is interesting because Derek Chauvin is at the very last degree of Pisces, right? So he's emblematic related to, to some dimension what the city is going through. And what I was about to say that I find extraordinary is that the city is going through what we call three planetary returns. What does that mean? That means that the planets are coming back to the original positions they were in at the city's founding. So, or in the same sign. So this year, Jupiter is in Aquarius again. 
um, as it was, and I'm pointing to Jupiter, if you can see it on my screen. It looks Jupiter, like a four. Looks yeah, like it looks like a four. So Jupiter is in Aquarius again. Then Neptune has been in Pisces for a while, but Neptune is also in Pisces. Neptune looks like the trident that I'm pointing to here, right? So it has that. Then I am also pointing to Uranus, which, you know, has that line with the circle in it. And then looks like, you know, like, I don't know, the Q symbol, um, you know, no shade to the Qs, <laughs> right? But it's kind of like in between there. So that's Uranus. So we have literally three planets coming back home at once during this year. Now you may ask then like, well, what does that mean? Well, they mean different things, but when you're definitely, when you're generally dealing with a, a return of a planet, like I've been talking about the Pluto return, it's a reckoning time. It's a time where you have to deal with the conditions of that planet and things that weren't settled at, you know, your birth or founding or whatever. This is a time to kind of reassess and reacquaint. Now, most, no, not most, nobody you know, nobody we are going to know is going to have a Neptune return. You're like, well, why not? Because you have to live some 200 and something years for, you know, in order to have that. You're not going to have a Neptune return. You can have a Jupiter return every 12 years. A Uranus return happens after 84, 83 years. So we can live to have generally a Uranus return. Now, it's likely, I'm not doing the math that quick, but it looks like probably Minneapolis has gone through three Uranus returns at least. Now Uranus is back in Taurus again. Now what this all means is sort of something I was talking about related to George Floyd and then how I talked about it with Crispus Attucks. It's dealing with some aspects related to revolutionary reform, especially when we're talking about Uranus and Taurus that happens on the fiduciary level, which means in relation to the money, it happens even on like the structural land level. Then when we're talking about the Neptune return, it's, you know, these are, what is this, the, the city of the Twin Lakes or, you know, the idea of the division of the city. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be dealing with, Neptune deals with how we understand the sense of vision and how we understand the sense of imagination. And maybe you might even talk about spirituality. Now, if we're talking about the deeper nestles of spirituality, something to contemplate is like, whose land are they on, right? And when I say whose land are you on, what do you mean? Like, you know, the farmer who found it? No, I mean like the native land that they're on, the spirit that we're dealing with, right? I think that may be some of the things that we can examine a little closer. And then obviously the other thing with Jupiter being an Aquarius, like I said, it happens 12 years, every 12 years. When Jupiter returns, and I was tweeting a little bit about this today as well, you have a choice that directs you more toward excellence or excess, right? And more so where you're appreciating this demonstration and sharing of your gifts. And there's a general need to deal with not just generosity with Jupiter returns, but also truthfulness and the willing to deal with some measure of, of preparing yourself for the opportunities can, that can come. So for, for a city, um, especially being an Aquarius, what are the opportunities related to community, which is generally connected to the sign of Aquarius, that that city can create? What levels of autonomy within community? Because that may be the deeper argument, which is partly what has come up in Minneapolis. You know, whether we're talking about the idea of precincts and precincts within certain communities and who has say where. And I believe 
Minneapolis was one of the first cities, if not the first city, to deal with the question of defunding the police in that particular way. So I think this is a critical moment for Minneapolis to kind of deal with itself and be prepared to deal with itself. And that's what prompted me to like, what is going on with that city? And I think that's some of the issues that we can expect to find. And, and let me say his name is Dante Wright. Yeah, say his name, Dante Wright. Yeah, Dante Wright. Um, so every 12 years, Jupiter returns in a different sign. Well, every 12 years, he returns the same sign. So every year, roughly, he moves into another sign. So okay. he's going to be more so in Pisces. He does dip into Pisces this year, but then he dips out and retrogrades because these planets also go backwards. So he's going to dip into Pisces and then come back in Aquarius. And then maybe later in the year, he's going to go into Pisces. And then next year, we'll have Jupiter more in Pisces. And then he goes into Aries and so forth. So if you were born with your Jupiter in, say, in Leo, every 12 years, you're going to be dealing with Jupiter coming back into Leo. And what does that mean? So it, it, represent? it, it represents a moment where you have to deal with a, a reckoning of dealing with your gifts, both in terms of what you want to share to the world, um, you know, your understanding of the world. And also, when I say your gifts, it can be where you experience the sense of your calling. For those, especially who are a student in the Bible, you might be like, he said 12. Well, that taps into where Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. That also taps into the prophet Samuel, who also said, you know, I hear the call. So there are many people who may hear the sense of that call for demonstrating their gifts around that age. Some don't hear it and then go in at 24 or deal with some dimension of it. So for instance, I felt a calling going into the ministry at 12 years old. So I went into the ministry at 12. I gave my first sermon on my, mo my mother's birthday, um, September 28, 1980. So it was a, a matter of me feeling that call. And what happened 12 years later is I felt the calling related to astrology. When I said I felt the calling, you might remember I came as a skeptic and I was like, nah, this is Malachi, you know, Malachi, and I can't believe this. And sure enough, it became what was my life path. Mm. So in, in Uranus being every 84 years? Every 83 to 84 years, yes. 83 to 84 years. Uh, so whenever you're born, there's a your uh, a Uranus. Yeah, if you live long enough, you can have your Uranus return roughly around 83, 84 <laughs> years old. So when we're born, this that we all have these signs in yeah. our chart. Yeah. So whether they come back is 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 a, about how long. So live. none of us are going to see who but Mercury Neptune. Neptune, Neptune ever, but to return unless something happens and we you won't see a Neptune return, you won't see a Pluto return, right? Because those are very long slow moving planets, right? How long, how long does it take for Pluto to return? Oh, I want to say 200 and something years. I mean, okay. still, I always it's blank out. It's still yeah. out of the realm. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a while in order for it. I want to say 247 years. Wow. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a long time. Just think about it. The, the US is going toward its Pluto return in 2022. So from 1776 to 2022. Wow. That's okay. how long it took for the U.S. to have its return. So we're not going to have that. And what does Pluto represent? And as an individual, I should say. Right. Oh, well, 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 let me talk. Let me go back for a second, because you were asking about them in a, a certain order. So the Uranus return, um, that is where you're dealing with a different, as, as I assess it, a point of freedom, right? Because one thing that happens that's interesting at that time 
is that you have your seventh Jupiter return. And then at the same time, roughly around the same time, you have a Uranus return, the first and only Uranus return in your lifetime. And so I think that's a cycle of completion, meaning that, okay, you're free, right? This is, this is where now life is said, like, we can, you can retire, but not retire, like, just go off to the past, because there's some people who are very spry and active at 83. But more you can live your life more in your own terms, in a sense, you know, whatever that might mean. Obviously, it's not so much about just your physicality, because I'm sure that might be likely limited. But in terms of aspects of your mentality and whatever, that can be a spirit of freedom. Now, one thing I have observed, which is not necessarily true for everyone, so I just want to put that in, is that many people pass away around 83, 84. You see that in the news quite consistently. 83, 84 is a time where people like, yeah, I'm done. I'm peace. You know, like Pope John Paul II, Gene Wilder. There's just different people who pass roughly around that time. Um, again, that's not, you know, I don't want anyone thinking like, my mama's 83, my papa's 83. You know, that doesn't mean that that's going to be what it spells out. It may be more so where they get a different notion of freedom. Mm. What I, one other thing I want to point out that's more important, it's probably more important to look at these cycles as they relate to not just individuals, especially with Neptune and Pluto, which I'll talk about in a second, but how they affect the quote unquote collective. So I'll give you an example one of the ways I knew and had talked about with people in my circle that we could anticipate a certain return to fascism and dealing with some issues in the United States is that I could anticipate the Uranus return that was happening. So Uranus come, coming back in Taurus, right, harks back to how it was roughly in the late, I mean, I should say the early 30s, um, and mid thirties going up when Uranus went into Taurus coming out of Aries. And so that was the growing aspect of fascism that was happening in the world in different parts of the world. Mm. And so here again, we saw, we saw the rise of Bolsonaro, of Trump, um, uh, Duarte in, mm -hmm. in, in Philippines, um, different parts of the world in the aspect- Ger of Germany, even though Merkel is there, there's a, a growing fascism. A absolutely. Yeah. Austria. So, so we also saw, you know, some changes related to how we're talking about finances. And the other thing that I also say about the Uranus and Taurus return that we're dealing with, true to form, it's slow moving. So there are tectonic shifts that are happening that, you know, everything seems normal, but there are deeper things happening beneath the surface, just like it was happening then, that when Uranus goes into Gemini, I'd be like, oh, so all the furniture got moved and you didn't notice. And I just want to tell people that because that's kind of what happened. And I do want to say something else that I hope is not true. Um, the United States has never not been at war when Uranus has been in Gemini in its history. Now, one, you know, the one time it was at war with itself when Uranus was in Gemini, but it's never not been at war. When is this happening? So Uranus goes into Gemini. Oh, I shouldn't know that off the top of my head. Some things are just lab. So I can tell you roughly. Damn it. You know, we don't have as many. Damn it, Sam. Hey, is there a place we can go while they go to war? I mean, we, we, is there some, is there some country we can There's always in? some way we can, we is there can a get place out. To dip out 20, up into? Uranus goes in in 2026, in April of 2026. Why April? Um, and in 2025, the first time he dips in is 2025. 
2025 in April. All right. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the thing, you know. So, I mean, that's it, you know, in terms of understanding that was also true in the last time Uranus was in Gemini. So those slow moving changes is something to contemplate. The next thing um, going in order, Neptune. So Neptune in Pisces has been an interesting moment because the Neptune in Pisces, um, you know, in terms of how it happened before is kind of dealing with the advent of what became the industrial age, right? In terms of you know, proliferation, in terms of growth and growth and development, um, you know, and so I think one of the things that we're dealing with is again, also some shifting movements and especially for Minneapolis is kind of understanding what's the vision here? You know, Neptune, I tie more into vision. Some people think, oh, it's delusion, it's spirituality, all these things. I think they all tie together in terms of how we're ready to use our intuition and imagination toward larger aspects of growth and even the sense of the collective. One of the, one astrologer of, you know, keynote is Liz Green, who's talked about um, the rise of the idea of benefiting the community, even related to some aspects of communism, mm -hmm. related to Neptune how we have the sense of, you know, the greater collective. And I think that's something that is, you know, something that's surfacing more with Neptune, including whether that's about healthcare, you know, in terms of feeding people and all these other ways and, you know, minimizing hunger, um, which I think, you know, we talk so much about how the world is bad. And we talk so much about how worse it's getting, not recognizing, you know, especially if you're a student of history, how bad it was, mm -hmm. right? There are more cultures around the world historically who have talked about famine. If you read, especially like with the Chinese and because they have a very long history, they wrote voluminously about the famines in different parts of their country and parts of the world. We're not writing about famines the same way, right? So, I mean, when we kind of get- Just because we're not writing about it doesn't mean that we're not widely, um malnourished now right we well ma'am we're malnourished because we eat like junk to be blunt a lot of times but you know and i think that is a different issue as virtues versus there are people you know throngs of people millions of people who don't have any food now i'm not saying that there are not people who are going hungry right and um, but I think that's way a lower number than what we've right. had no, I, in our I history. Agree. Uh, in our so history. And I think, yeah, so that's among one particular thing I can point to where we have improved as a species and even to dare to call ourselves a species. Because, you know, in the 20th century, you know, and then even prior to the 20th century, we didn't even think that we all belonged to the same species. So I know, I'm watching Exterminate All the Brutes and it's uh, stunning. Um, so Neptune being in, where's Neptune? Pisces. In Pisces? Yes. Wh when, how often does it come around? Um, about 200, I think 246 years. That was 2240. So when yeah. is Neptune in wherever it's supposed to be with the United States, the way you said that? Um, That's a good question. I because I've been because, concentrating you know, I apologize so much on, for asking this without you know, right. telling you, but we- Give me some yeah. prep. No, because, you know, you know when you yeah, said- And I should know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not so much a, you know, a, a mundane astrologer, so these are not impressed in my head, but I can tell you, I can look right quick. Neptune was in Virgo in 1776. Okay, Neptune was in Virgo. Mm -hmm. When is it coming back? 
oh, that won't be until like probably over a hundred years from now. Oh, okay. So it, gotta, it has to get to, because that's the halfway point to its its cycle. Because so. you, you were saying that, that, that um, what was it, Jupiter um, in Gemini? Oh, Jupiter. Well, has, that America has never not been to war. Uranus has never not been at war when Uranus has been in Gemini. Uranus in Gemini. So this this age of community, America is not going to experience anytime soon, not in our lifetime. Well, I think there's a push for it, right? And remember, you know, Uranus moving through a sign only lasts seven years, right? So, you know, even as Uranus is in Gemini, it only can be in Gemini and only will be in Gemini for seven years. Okay. And then so, it moves on. So I, I do think, you know, and Neptune's going to move on by then. Neptune will be in Aries. Um, so it'll be in a different sign. Pluto will also be in a different sign. It will be in Aquarius. So, you know, there's, a, in, a, again, Aquarius does deal with the sense of community. So what may come about is by virtue of something that, you know, is warlike or whether that's a civil war or whether that's a war with another country, it may be a moment that presses America to think differently. You know, one thing to realize, you know, the American century really only begins, as we understand it, from World War II, right? America really emerges as this quote-unquote superpower from World War II. Before, America wasn't always taken seriously by other parts, you know, other countries of the world. You know, it was taken like, oh, yeah, you know, you're a strong industrial little nation. You're making That's little- not our mythology, though. That's not the narrative that we... I, I well... We, we always want to think of ourselves as great, but we didn't really emerge as the power, as, you know, the key superpowers, especially, and that was only after we have to the fall of, you know, most of the European powers. Now, they were no, already no, struggling. Let's, let's tell the truth. That was after we dropped two nuclear bombs on Japan. Partly, but also because the British were weakened. I mean, one of the things that we see um, after they fell, after, you know, their war is that they didn't have the resources to be able to keep up their empire. You know, it's no accident that we have like the release of India and these other countries in the 40s, you know, the late 40s, because Britain was kind of busted. <clears throat> they knew they couldn't keep up the resources, right? You know, even though they wanted to keep a tie. And so that's why they also have kept the Commonwealth, mm. the idea of the Commonwealth. But yeah, I mean, the United States really emerges with the level, because we also achieved a different level of industrialization that we hadn't completely done before. We could because most of Europe was in tatters. And, and, we, and we also, you know, we had the resources, the Marshall Plan, by which to dig Europe out. Right. And and because women had to go to work, that shifted right. as well, well. White women had to go to work. Right. Black women were always working. All right. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I was talking to my mother because um, I talked to her every day during during this pandemic. One of the good things that have come out of it, because I was like, you better not go outside. It's a pandemic because it hadn't hit North Carolina yet. And I was like, you went where? I'm going to call you every day and I'm going to check on you to make sure that you're not outside no streets. So now that's the ritual. Right. So we were talking about her grand her grandmother, her no, her great grandmother, because her grandmother died in childbirth, giving giving birth to um, my grandfather's youngest sister. And so she said when she would go to visit her her father, she would stay with her great grandmother who had a house on on the land of the man who she worked for. So she was a domestic worker. And I said, you mean she was she was a slave? She was enslaved. And my mother thought about it. I was like, so was that the plantation that she? Because it was your great grandmother. Your father was born in 1915. 
his mother died uh, giving birth to, you know, like 1919. Her mother, you know, was taking, like she had to be born in, into bondage. That house on that man's property, and my mother was thinking about it, didn't dawn on her that that might've been like, you know, the big house and then you have this other house. The house the he property. grew up in, right. The house he even grew up in, right. So, I mean, that was also true for my great-great-grandmother, right, that I realized in looking at her history, she was born in bondage. So, but that that my mother remembers the man that my great 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 grandmother worked for because she would. That's stunning. Anyway, so so you have Uranus, Uranus Neptune, Neptune, and then Pluto. Pluto. Now, Pluto is something we have talked about in terms of being in Capricorn, and so that's fundamentally dealing with the issue since it's a sign of Saturn, of structure, authority, and power which is why it's interesting that, you know, as Pluto has been in Capricorn, we have now had three presidents talk, to talk about infrastructure, especially related to the United States. So infrastructure, but the deeper conversation has also been about the, the issue of wealth and the issue of who has it and who is benefiting from it. You know, that has been a conversation that has happened you know, periodically in American history, but it's definitely heightened as Pluto has been in Capricorn, where there's been a lot more of a conversation about the, the 1% and who's benefiting from what, who has the power. I've talked about it specifically in relation to the police. And, you know, I, I know people take different issues with that. And I, I've seen that in terms of how we, you know, on your, on your YouTube page, but, you know, it consistently borns out, you know, people say like, well, no, nah, it's like, you're not going to stop the police by negotiating with them right or yeah. plea bargaining with them or embarrassing them because or embarrassing the them. that dante wright could be killed during a trial <laughs> where police are literally on trial for killing somebody like that they didn't even think hmm, this is bad pr maybe we should you know figure out another way to handle this particular traffic stop no because they're not really looking at the question of policing as an issue of culture. It's their culture. The police have formed a culture. If not, I might argue, a civilization that's centered around them. You're not in it. If you're not a police officer, if you're not in law enforcement, you're not part of it. And I think that's critical to understand. And just think about how culture works. If you're not, when you're participating in a culture, you're gonna to try to follow as much the dimensions of the culture, even if you have a personally different ethos. And then if you have a personally di different ethos, you either have the choice of getting out of it or being quiet, right? And complicit, which is also often what we see with officers or you become corrupted right. by it. So I think we really have to talk about when we're talking about Pluto and Capricorn, it's the same kind of sense of ethos that America was dealing with, with belonging to being British, because that was also an issue of culture. You know, it was, it was daring and also very challenging in the American psyche, the early American psyche to, you know, wrangle itself from the idea of the British. You know, one of the things, one of the favors I did to myself, I had read so much about Common Sense by Thomas Paine. I actually read it, you know, maybe a few years back. And what I learned was fascinating because 
you know, you see the historical context by which he was writing it, not just in terms of the common sense, like we should do this, but what they were really wrangling with and what he particularly was wrangling with, you know, as a propagandist and text. So mm -hmm. I think that's really important for us. You know, I encourage people to kind of read, you know, more in terms of the American history of that era and not just what people have told you. Because they'll have you thinking like, it's taxation without representation. It was about, you know, just down with King George. It was much more than that. And it had to be because it had the to framers, be. yeah, the framers were very complicated and vastly mm -hmm. educated and what, I would like to say wise, but calculated. I don't know if they were wise. Yeah, it was like calculated and they, they definitely had a, they had, they had a plan. They were calculated. And I think that's an important, that's a great word to use for them. They're, they were very calculated men. And I think that's important to recognize because, you know, I've had discussions with various astrologers, various white astrologers talking about our founding related to the astrology. And one said to me like, well, it was just the, the, nature, the nature of the era, especially when I bring up enslavement. I was like, Thomas Jefferson knew enslavement was wrong, right? It wasn't, it wasn't as much like, oh, you know, like the prophet Muhammad, even though he was very much against enslavement, um, you know, slavery was also part of his era, right? And it was so common, but most people didn't even think it was wrong. In Thomas Jefferson's time, there were people who knew it was wrong and who were against it, but he went along with it anyway, to the point that he had an enslaved woman as his mistress and mother of his children. Monticello was a whole ass plantation. Right. Would even, would, would, even, would even like now we can see, because we've done the archaeology, hidden rooms where he knew that he couldn't have things out in the open. Mm. So anyway, we died. So, Pluto, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Neptune, Saturn. Jupiter. Well, Saturn, Saturn was in Gemini. So that was actually interesting. They had Minneapolis had its return more so in. 2000, 2001, maybe up to 2002. Um, it's not due a Saturn return for a while. So it won't be another, you know, it'll probably be closer until 2030 something. Okay. What about America? And what does Saturn represent? Well, Saturn represents structure and authority. Okay. It represents the, the sense of where we have a sense of, a, you know, I won't say autonomy as much a sense of how we have authorship, you know, because um, authority can relate to that as well. Some people will connect it to the idea of karma. You know, mm -hmm. karma is not one of the words I generally use, but some people look at it as the Lord of karma. Um, so, I mean, it, when you're dealing with your Saturn return, for instance, which happens for most people if they live up to 29 and 30 or between 59 and 60. Um, and then again, 29 years later, if they're 89, 88, something like that. Um, when you're having your Saturn return, it's kind of dealing with how you are dealing with the being a structure or an authority or dealing with the structure of authority in your life. So in the first Saturn return, um, it's kind of where you're accepting your sense of authority, where you're willing to participate in the society that's been making you. Because your first 29, 30 years of life, life is making you. Yes. But it's at this, you know, at that particular point, you know, around 30, you know, it's like life has like been running the, the marathon or the relay for you and be like, Chick, I'm tired. Here, you run with it, right? And now it's time for you to run. Um, the other image I like to use from our history is from the Egyptian uh, Book of the Dead or the Coming Forth by Day, where Saturn is more like representative of balancing your heart against a feather. 
So your job is to kind of release all the things that have been weighing you down so that you can release and you know open your heart and have it light as a feather. I love that. Uh, Venus. Venus. What about her? I mean, Venus happens. So she has a return every year, meaning that okay. she comes back to the original position as it was when you were born every year. Okay. Um, now, whether she's going to come back to the original position with your son being close to the same degree, that's something that happens only every eight years. So it happened when you were eight, you were 16, when you were 24 and 32 and so on. And that's multiplication. All right. For those of you who are strong, yeah. better do that. And, and, and Mercury, we, we Mercury has Mercury. you have a return every year. Okay, there's um, always like several Mercuries in retrograde, which always we well, talk about that's it. different. Yeah, Mercury retrograde is you know going to happen three to four times a year, um, which is different. That may not be anything related to your actual, you know. So how does Mercury, Mercury show up in my life? Because mm, I would need to know your chart. Oh, okay, that's not going to happen. Okay, so that's so not going to happen. Wait, I thought we had hope. All right, Sam, maybe it will. But what did the stars say? What does your chart say that you're going to read my chart? What is your That's chart? That's an interesting say? question. I have a, you know, I have a, I have a friend I'm shouting out because he watches our, you know, our show who, you know, he's just, he's like waiting for your chart. He was like, you know, when is she going to review her chart? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but you're, you know, one could figure it out, not your rising sign, but they obviously could look up, you know, in terms of the you know position of your planets. Um, but I've actually been respectful. Enough. I haven't even done that. Oh, I know, I know. And you, and I trust you. To be yeah. respectful, because I'm, I'm, you, because you know I'm a Taurus, you know I'm also going to be very like. Yeah, I haven't, because you know, he was like, well, she's got this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to be patient and, you know, trust that maybe one day um, you'll share it with me again. You know, although I have had the moment like, did I put it on the wrong computer? You know, because I had a laptop and I'm talking to you from desktop. So there's a part of me that's like wondering, like, I can't believe that that's just gone. Right. So part of part of I'm not resistant at all. I just, you know, I just want to I just want to live my life. You know, I don't whatever, whatever the stars say, however they line up, they're going to line up. I'm going well, to. I, I love that. And, you know, and Karen, though, I will say this, and especially for people, um, you know, who are who are watching this, too. I always want you to live your life. I think, you know, I, I live my life and there it depends on your own relationship to astrology. That's what I'm saying. So for me, if you tell me some things, I'm a, I have a compulsive, obsessive compulsive personality. I can tell you that. I don't have to look at any stars. I know me, right? So if you tell me some things, I'm going to be obsessed with the thing and not with the living. Do you know what right. I'm saying? I'm going to be, oh, so I'm supposed to be doing this, this. So I'm going to just be like hyperly focused on, because I'm a bull on that thing as opposed to being hyperly focused on all the 50 11 other things that i'm focused on right, right now. well can i say something this same friend who's not watching who's not this is all going to be kind of like a, a whole into into thing like art you know what i said to him is that i i suspected you had a strong pluto right and what he, he said to me like well how would you say if they had a strong pluto and this is when he i guess looked at your chart or he was fascinated and sure enough i think you have a moon pluto square or some particular things I would have to look at the text or whatever. And you just kind of confirmed it, right? Because when I say you have a strong Pluto, I'm like, she's too dogged, you know, because he asked me like, well, what, what does that generally mean? I was like, well, speaking about how I was perceiving you and then relating it to the astrology I imagine in my head is that Karen is dogged, too determined, um, very determined, 
may even have a certain obsessive compulsive, you know, certain push, you know, in ways in which you feel compelled to do things. So I'm not surprised. And then you did when he looked it up, you know, again, not having your birth time, but just going by what I guess, you know, your birth information is out there in the ethers, you know, he could put it together. And that's what we, you know, we talked about. So it's like, um, yeah, that mean, so does that mean then that you have to fall into that? I mean, I think with that information, then this is where you can have moments of repose, caution, like, okay, I don't have to go into this digging phase right now. Like, so for instance, yeah, I'll give you an example. I'm gonna give you a hypothetical. Let's say Karen moves, right? Karen moves and with your chart, you know, even what he kind of looked up and shared with me, right? Is I would say, you're the kind of person I would have to kind of watch out for if I, you know, as your friend, be like, Karen, so you just moved. You do not have to unpack all or most of the boxes that night, right? Well, so, and I'll say, if I don't do it now, it'll never get done. Right. So um, I have to- Which I don't know if I fully know if it's, I mean, no, you know it's true, but- I know there's me. A compuls- right, but there's a compulsive aspect. But let's say you, had, you, know, you were tired, your back hurts, blah, blah, blah. You know, it could be injurious for right. you to do that. And I have injured myself into, yeah. I so have- astrology ideally could be the moment knowing these things where you can like make a different choice i'm still gonna do it though so that's the boom yeah so it's just but i have but see i think there are there's a way in which you can embrace it so for instance i know when i'm going through particular transits you know like with mars on my ascendant or connected to my sun meaning that mars is in a sign that is directly on my ascendant like in say pisces or if he's directly related to my sun I need to get my butt off Twitter, right? right? Or I have to monitor my temper, right? Oh. Or my response. So right. I can have oh, a right. moment that's, of repose. When, when, does, when does Mars show up? Mars, when, is, when does he show up? It, well, um, he comes back to his original position in your birth every two years. Oh, that's, oh, I might need to find that because I'm right. feeling particularly uh, triggered. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember if your Mars is in Gemini or not, but yeah. Like, um, cause Mars is in Gemini right now. So okay. that's where you kind of need to be careful. Um, or if it's squaring some other elements of your chart, which I think it could be actually, it could be hitting your Pluto. You're, you have a Uranus and Pluto conjunction that remember, cause that's generational. I have the same thing. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, these, this is where it can be useful. Now, some people really get uptight, you know, with, I think a certain abuse of it. Like, you know, you just meet somebody. Now I got to look up his chart and see if we're compatible. Why don't you just go on the date, right? And see if you like the smell of the guy, right? Or you go to the other extreme, if we're talking about guys, right? But you can go to the other extreme. You know, I'm also a person because I'm also practical. You know, people who get all hype about, you know, we're compatible. I'm looking at our charts. I talked to five other astrologers. They think it's great. I'm like, that's cool. So you're talking about building a life with this person? Yeah. Did you get a credit report? No. Well, I think that's also part of it. Right. Because you could be compatible. This is the same conversation we had about the, the soulmate. You could be compatible, but there's some other life issues that need to be worked out. Live your life. Live your life. So I think astrology is best used to kind of live your best life and understand the life that you might be denying yourself. Mm, okay. Still not going to do it, but yeah. Okay. Oh, we got a classic Scorpio Taurus yeah, head off, right? Challenge. Yeah. Right? I got the arm again, you know, I see, whatever. I see. 
So have we hit all of the planets? What planet are we missing? We haven't hit all the planets. I mean, I didn't talk about, well, what did I, what didn't I hit? Um, yeah. I did Saturn, what did we did? I think yeah, we Mercury. hit all of them. And the solar. So oh. yeah, okay, the sun returns every year, right? Which we call your birthday. And then the moon returns every month. So you have, if your moon is born, um, you have a moon in Aries, right? Then your moon is going to return every 28, 29 days. And what does that do? Like, you know, well, when- a, a lunar, so there are, there are definitely charts we can do that's called a lunar return that gives us some sense of what you're dealing with emotionally or what may be happening for you somewhat physically on a very mundane level during the course of a month. That's literally what it can do. Okay. And the sun? The sun gives you some sense of the course of your year. Right. And kind of what becomes important as a manifestation of your will and intention during the course of your year. So what's where you, you know, want to have a sense of focus. So it could be that you, you know, so for instance, I had a banner year last year. So I could see that because sun was connected to a very powerful fixed star called Spica. So I was like, okay, then this is good. Then I could see that for my 53rd year of life might be a little more challenging. And it has been. Right. So it's a way self-fulfilling um well because i don't know if i had a level of intention to get sick okay that's true all right on that note um next week we're gonna do the whole chart thing with uh what was it the modality yeah we didn't cover the modalities today but we can do it next week inshallah all right and in your drinking water happy uh uh very somber rum um ramadan hasn't started it's tomorrow it, it's okay it starts technically the night because the new day for a Muslim starts in the evening when the sun goes down. Got you. So Ramadan is going to start whenever, you know, we see the crescent moon. Um, but I also will be drinking water because I'm a diabetic. Right. And so diabetics shouldn't fast. Right. You know, that's one thing I'm big on. You know, there are some Muslims around the world and like, no, I'm going to endure it and die. Oh, no, we don't want you to die. No, no, I wouldn't do that. But I'm just saying there's some people who do that. And even though they have a mercy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, like, if you're sick, don't fast, go feed somebody, do something else. But there's some people like, no, no, I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to be a man. And like, all right, then your sugar drops and you die. All right. Uh, You don't have to do that. You have to go. I do. I love you. See you next week. Love you too. All right. See you next week. Inshallah. Astrology.com. Goodbye. Bye-bye.